Oh man! Fucking hell! I don't normally get like shy or or shy. You made me like I was just like gone red. That's so cool. So that's a different announcement, though. Oh wow! That's 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 got great energy. You know, that's just a vocal thing, and it sounds fucking great. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool how something so simple, like like my job when I do it, I'm a glorified public speaker, and my job in and of itself is I've told people like this before if you were just to list out the, the the tasks of my job and just put it on paper it would be fairly simple like introduce fighters engage crowd announce winner blah blah blah, blah. it'd be a few things mm-hmm. but what I've always said is that to do it well that's where the difficulty comes into play yeah just the the sundry tasks yeah the list isn't all that long but it's doing them well and knowing how to do it I think is what separates energetic people and charismatic well, it's, people. it's not just that you you know there's there's like you said there's the basic things to do and the reason why i'm so excited about you man is because you go that extra you go that extra layer further and you know i've been in experiences as well where you need to you need to you know there's a lot of people out there, there's a lot of competition you need to go that extra mile you know the things you wear the the way you dress the energy the 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 youthfulness we just talked about social media and how you're capitalizing on that like it's so it's so good to add those like additional like resources as well I like, you look crisp that. every time thank you it's weird to see you in normal outfits <laughs> because you know you've got all these tuxedos and looking like like crisp clean it's, well, it's, it's great man i think you know a lot of times when you and, I, and i've talked about this before but a, m- most ring announcers you only think about the voice which for sure obviously the voice is a huge component of it but the visual aspect is also very important if I'm trying to be this engaging speaker and engage an audience and have them be involved in what I'm doing and have them enjoy and be a part of the show, well, then kind of establishing authority is really important. Mm-hmm. And the visual component of that is important. The reality is, is that, yeah, even though the ring announcer's a voice, the ring announcer's also the most consistent person on camera throughout a broadcast. Yeah. This is kind of where it clicked in my mind, you know, right kind of when I got started with my career was the commentators are off camera, the fighters alternate, I'm speaking in generalities, the commentators are off camera, the fighters do their fights and then pretty much rotate out, referees rotate out. So when you look at a broadcast throughout the duration of it, the most consistent person visually is the ring announcer. Mm. So for that reason, well, you're damn right. I'm going to be dressed as well as I can. No yeah. shit, you know. And you've also got to control the crowd, you know. I've, yes. I've realized that as well. Yes. You've got to know when to hype the crowd up. Yes. To 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 pr- prepare them for another fight and this. I went to Tyson Fury's fight last time, and you know they they spend a good like three, four, five minutes now building the crowd up with the music and the ring and all this kind of stuff. And it's it's actually um you know it's a lot more. You're complicated and and, and you thought think, than you think than, than just think. getting in the ring and saying hello everyone welcome to the fight blah 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 it's it's you know and the fact that you have that energy all through the night is is it's really it's it's great because it's kind of like you know you're like the future you know you know you're the future it's like right this is this is where it's going and this it's you yeah. know you've got a you've got if you look at if you compare it to someone like Michael Buffett or someone huge like you know it's big big shoes to fill of course and he's super you know he's, he's built his own brand but obviously of a completely different generation so it's really it's really exciting what you're doing well when um, I came here I mean so I built up a following pretty quickly in America people called me the next buffer which is an amazing compliment yeah I don't want to be the next buffer I want to be me I want to be Big Mo I want to be my own brand things like that so 
when I had eventually connected with Boxer and Sky, I was like, all right, it's international audience, it's boxing. At the time, I was doing more MMA, more bare knuckle. I still do bare knuckle in the States. Um, but I have, a, I have a more energetic style than what is traditionally seen from a lot of announcers for the most part. Some of them have an energetic style, but for the most part, most are pretty dialed, pretty, you know, a little dry, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I was like, I really think that the British fans can – can be can enjoy this more energetic style like i've seen them before they sing they dance yeah. they cheer there's <laughs> nothing like the atmosphere that british fans bring it's mad isn't it it's, it's unbelievable yeah. so i knew i knew that if i can get them involved and it may take a show or two for them to kind of get comfortable with it but i knew if i could get it to that point it would be an amazing amazing atmosphere and i've proved it now i think i've done five shows Smith Eubank will be my sixth or seventh. I can't remember. It's going to be my first pay-per-view in Manchester. And I just know that at this point I've proven that that energetic style, that really captivating audience can can deliver a great show. Yeah. So. That's so good. I mean, he's doing Eubank this again. That's I crazy. know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It's, it's really interesting because just the, you know, I, just your voice, obviously, have you trained that? Because... Mm -hmm. I remember hearing, like, in England, you know, you, you said you got the train earlier on. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a voice that comes on the train, and it says, mind the gap, you know? The, yeah. And, and they, they, I remember there was a really funny joke that if that voice was much higher pitched, nobody would listen. <laughs> but well, be, mind the gap. Mind the gap. Yeah. You're going to be, oh, fuck off. <laughs> but if it's like, mind the gap, you sort of, like, people listen, and they take note because it's from the diaphragm, and, it, yep. you know, it, you're delivering it. So... Have you had any training to get your voice to deli deliver that way? So not formally. Um, I've self-trained a lot of stuff in terms of kind of finding my voice. In the, in the beginning, I was very throaty, and I would oftentimes burn out in shows, and I would lose my voice. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Wow. Like I was – what was good about my career is there was a portion where I was incredibly active and a lot of people weren't. I actually worked throughout the entire pandemic. Uh, the state of Wyoming – had very lax rules with yeah. it, so we did outdoor shows. Okay. Same, same. So, yeah. I, mean, I made a film during it. I, I exactly. think it was people's decision to go, right, we're going to follow the what everyone's saying and lock up, or there was another small group of people like, oh, fuck this, I'm, yep. I'm going to keep working, or and, I'm going to find a way. And I'm not the government of Wyoming, I don't make those calls, <sighs> but I will be the beneficiary of a state that wants to stay open. And so we did. <laughs> so they know, stayed open? They did, they did. Ah, and okay. over the course of... Didn't, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. 2021, I did probably, I don't know, between bo lo local boxing and regional boxing and local MA and regional MA, I probably did 15 shows okay. while most people were doing none. Right. And so it was that moment where I was like, okay, I can go into this and just say, ah, it's the pandemic, whatever. I work in live entertainment. We'll reevaluate when it's over. Or this is the time to try things. This is the time to have a small focus group because we'd have an audience of a couple hundred people let me try some different stuff let me see if they like it let me see if they don't and that's how I was able to kind of do a test run that's really in my opinion where I kind of found my voice so with the diaphragm yeah I I studied uh, speakers I studied uh, singers to figure out how to throw my voice type of thing yeah. um, I actually went and got my vocal cords mapped by a doctor wow and he shoved a camera down my throat because I did this recently, but my mindset was if I'm going to do a career out of this, I want to make sure I'm doing everything yeah. correctly. I want to make sure I'm taking care of it right. And they actually said that most vocal cords close uh, flush like this. Mine actually overlap. And so that's how I'm able to kind of actually get a growl in my throat when I announce a little bit and still be able to project is because I'm able to take the air and almost turn it throughout my esophagus. Right. 
I think that came from, and I figured that That's out. That's crazy. When I was young, I played the saxophone when I was young. I was in the band. And I figured out how to growl on a saxophone at a really young age. So I think that's where I almost subconsciously figured out how to do that with. Does that make you go on longer as well? That's how you can go on like. Yeah, I, yeah. I have big lung capacity yeah. and I was an athlete and I'm sure that plays a role into it. But, but what's interesting is you, you guys would never think that this comes into play. No. And that's yeah. what's so fun about the job that I've been having. And that's why I'm so into it is I want to kind of take this job and see how big I can grow this mm. damn thing. Because I don't think anyone's ever like sat there and like thought about the intricacies of being an MC or being an announcer. They always just kind of thought it's just some goofy guy up yeah. there that wears a tuxedo and then gets off and it's over. I know? love that so, so much. What is the dream? What's the big plan? Like, what's the like the end game if there is one? Well, I wanna I wanna stay working in entertainment. I wanna see where I can take my career possibly beyond announcing. Um, my ultimate dream goal in life is I wanna host the Tonight Show. Okay, the yeah. Jimmy Fallon one. Yeah, okay. I want to watch that one day. I think that'd be fun, but yeah. obviously that's a little different than announcing. But from announcing, my goal since I started is I wanted to grow combat sports as big as it could be. Mm. And for me, I've never understood why combat sports sometimes struggled to get to the 18 to 35 age demographic. Yeah. It's a very tough age demographic. What, mixed martial or all combat sports? All combat sports. Okay. Last time I checked, the average age of a combat sports consumer is about 50. Okay. Okay. Is that because of the legacy, you know, the the, the, the Tysons and the... I don't there was know. so much... I don't know. It, there seemed to be so much bravado back then around the boxers yep. compared to what there is now. Mm -hmm. like, I know Tyson Fury is unbelievable. Ma match friends with Tyson Fury. I mean, he's, he's unreal. And Usyk, you know, they're really good boxers. Um, but outside of him, there's not it's, the, the fights aren't as exciting as they used to be. You know? Well, I think for me, in my opinion, why sometimes maybe the younger demo didn't get into it is one, I don't think they were marketed that heavily, and I'm not yeah. sure they always did things to attract a younger demographic they didn't, of people. Yeah, exactly not. You yeah. know, I watch... I'll, I'll give an example. Every year, the NFL does a game on Nickelodeon. Right. Oh, wow. Right? Why do they do that? Well, they do that to get eight-year-olds mm. watching football. Yeah. And okay. they have SpongeBob and Slime, and they have all this stuff that relates to them. Obviously, I'm not saying that eight-year-olds should be watching fighting. But the point is, I feel like we need to go in different routes to mm. attract that younger demo because I don't understand why they don't watch it. How is it? that fighting is not the number one sport amongst college kids and fraternities. Yeah. We have violence and yeah. drinking and fireworks yeah. and entrances <laughs> and, and sometimes ring girls. And we have all the things that personalities appeal. Personalities. Personalities. Yeah. All the things that appeal to that age demo, but for some reason they've never gotten that into it. So I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I'm right in the middle of that age demographic. I know exactly what they want. Maybe having a younger person, maybe having a younger I'm going to use the word face just because of the visual side of things. Mm. Maybe having someone younger do that job, it might help. Yeah, this is why it's so exciting. That will help. Sorry, Matt, This is why it's so exciting. And, and, the, and the right timing with the YouTube stuff and everything. Yeah. Now, now it's being merged into that. But do you also think like it's kind of, I feel like, look, Tyson Fury is amazing. We like, can't speak highly enough of him, right? But he's like, you know, if you were to picture him, he's this sort of really overweight guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to have ones that, to, that are good to look up to. Mm -hmm. I think kids need to look up to some of them. Now, he does spread a really good message, Tyson mm -hmm. Fury. Mm -hmm. But I think when I was younger, you could really look up to them, whether they were like, you know, walking through Harrods shopping. I know it's quite materialistic or, yeah. you know, driving tanks and cars. They were like, you know, Eubank, Chris Eubank used to do that. Oh, I think it was Nigel Ben or Chris he used to drive these. They were kind of, and they really big up the fight. Mm -hmm. I don't feel there's that much individual relationship to the fighters as much now. 
I would agree. I think, and that's always separated superstars with personality. Yeah. You know, yeah Conor McGregor. It was, don't get me wrong. I love Conor McGregor the fighter, but I, I, I was always amazed by Conor McGregor the personality yeah. than anything yeah. else, yeah. right? So, and when you look what, at it, they, they only come along once in a lifetime. Exactly. You, you can that only have true. a Conor McGregor, a Mike yeah. Tyson, a Tyson yeah. Fury. yeah. There's, Conor there is other very ones. special the way he is, the of way course. the way he speaks. Yeah. But UFC, I think, is it's like the Formula One. It was not very big in the US. It's sort of getting bigger in the US. UFC, I think, is just getting bigger. I think it's like a funnel, and I do think it will reach lots and lots more people eventually. Yes, and I think, and what's interesting is, and this is why I love working with Boxer on Sky. Mm. They know that, and Boxer very much pays attention to things that the UFC yeah. does. From a production standpoint, the UFC is amazing, and there's a lot of things that people can pull from that. Yeah. Number one is content, marketing. UFC kills it in that respect. Putting on consistent deep cars with a lot of talent on it. There's a lot of things that, that boxing can look at MMA. Because mm. for so long, it was almost like it was, it was either boxing or it was MMA, and they just very much kept their distance. Yeah. Well, hold on a minute. There's there's some overlap of fans there. Yeah. You can you can get inspiration from someone even if it's not in your totally exact industry that they might be doing well. The UFC did that with the WWE. Yeah. The UFC, Dana White and Vince McMahon had a relationship, and I guarantee you Dana White looked at some of the stuff the WWE was doing with production, which they're top tier in doing, and I bet you he went, he goes, Huh, that's actually a pretty good idea. Mm. We can do yeah. that with things, whether or not yeah. it's in the same industry or not. The WWE is smashing it. I was looking at um, the, their stocks mm -hmm. recently. They've gone up like 18% in the last year. Yeah. Now, that is probably hands down. I don't know this for sure, but I'm, I'm going to make a point. That's hands down due to marketing and content. Oh, because 100%. They, they've got a PG era now. Yep. Like, you know, when we used to watch wrestling in the Attitude Era, that's where the excitement was. <laughs> and that's where it was, it was, you know, really, really exciting. So the, 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 the sort of structure of their audience has changed, mm -hmm. but their content is crazy. It was, one of the, it was one of the main things, anyone watching out there, it was one of the main things to invest in right now, WWE, because yep. it's just flying up. They're breaking every record. And they're, like I said, you link that to UFC and boxing. Mm -hmm. They're taking lots of, you know, crossovers. And there's more, I think there's a massive crossover between UFC and, and boxing. I think they're very different. Yes. Because I've done a bit of boxing myself. And, and you know, when, when UFC fighters try to game with boxers, they think it's fighting and it's not. No. It's completely different. Very different. And I prefer boxing. But um, there, is a, there is a crossover to it. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I, th I think you're doing everything at the right time. And I think it makes total sense. And I think those, like, personalities that are younger are going to start coming through in different ways. You look at KSI and Jake Paul and all these different things. Well, I think, I think the production... So how I got into this really quickly was I was part of a, a, a tight-knit friend group, partied a lot in college. We were good students. We were good kids, but we did party a lot. We go to bars, everything like that. And I remember for pre-games, I would throw on fights, sometimes just in the background because I wanted to watch it and stuff like that. Yeah. None Americans of love doing that. I've been, yeah. I've been to L.A. and been to a couple of people's places, and you go to like a little gathering, and they always put a fight on the yeah. background. It's, but, it's, it's but, like a tradition. But that proves a point because none of my friends – knew what was going on. None of my mm. friends know what a 10-8 round was or mm. what a Kimura was or what a, you know, what a TKO versus a KO was. They didn't know any of those things, but what they could relate to was the show. They could relate to the production. They could relate to a big, grandiose ring walk with fireworks yeah. and a ring announcer, and they could relate to all that. So the production is huge for attracting a new audience. Yeah. Whether or not you understand the intricacies of the sport, you'll get that in due time. Well, they say boxing is the only sport in the world that's universally known. 
So it, you might not know the 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 kind of specific rules, mm-hmm. but you know you put on a football match, right? You know, a, a let's say a, a woman in China might not know what's going on yes but you put on a fight or a boxing match yep everyone in the world will know well that guy is versus that guy exactly and they've got to fight and yeah. the simplicity of it yeah, is what that, I love that's it yeah that's what yeah. I love because I played I played college football and football is American football is a very complex sport with a lot of moving parts and you have to get to a certain level of education even to appreciate it you at least gotta know what a touchdown is and a field goal is and stuff like that to enjoy it, yeah. To You've enjoy got, yeah. it. To be honest, yeah. with boxing, I got as long as you know that they're fighting and one yeah. guy's maybe trying to hurt the other guy, yeah. like you're pretty much like twenty percent of the way there. Exactly. Like, well, look at the fight of the year. I don't know if you saw the fight of the year that won it. It was um, uh, uh, the Irish guy Colin and, and uh, Wood. Lee, yeah, Lee Wood. Colin and Wood. Like Wood. no one knows anything about these guys, but you watch this fight and you're just like blown away. Yep. One fight of the year because the one guy got knocked down and then the other guy got back up and knocked the other guy down. He went through the ropes. It was just crazy. And, you, and, that's, and that shows, because what you just said, I don't even know if you recognize it, you go, no, no one know who these guys were. Yeah. And that's, that's the gap. That's the little bit that's of a little gap, gap that, yeah. needs, to yeah. be, that yeah. needs to be achieved. Yeah. Is, and this is where the WWE was great. This is where the UFC is great. And granted, those are different because it's one umbrella in boxing. You have a ton of different promotions. So it is a little bit more complex. But it still does show the importance of marketing and storytelling and things like that. That's yeah. great. So that's how you got into it with all your buddies and you were just watching the fights, yeah? Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I got into I, – wa- I started watching fighting at a young age. Of, martial arts is actually my first sport, so I did have a foundational understanding going into it. But what I fell in love with was the energy. It was yeah. the entertainment value. It wasn't – don't get me wrong. I love a great technical fight, and I loved it as a kid, but that's not what got me going. Yeah. What got me going was it's mano y mano. It's one-on-one, yeah. two sides of the arena. You have different countries represented. The energy is crazy. You have two guys going in there literally to kill each other. Mm. There's nothing else like it. The energy yeah. of a fight is untouchable. Yeah, and do you think the, these YouTube fighters, these boxers, are going to add to that? And bring it to a younger demographic? I do, but they have to be careful. And here's why I say this. I got asked this earlier in 2022 about Jake and Logan Paul, and I remember I talked about it. I think it's good what they're doing. I think it's really good, these YouTube stars trying to bring in new viewership in boxing. My only fear is it can't be overdone. Hmm. It needs to remain – you need to kind of, you know – get into the shallow waters first and just kind of talk, just do it a little bit. Yeah. Once every couple months, keep the buzz high. Oh, when's, when's KSI going to fight again? When's Jake going to fight again? Keep us sending them up. Maybe yeah. get him to fight a real boxer at some point. Yeah. But right now I just, I don't want it to get to become too much of a circus. Mm. And I'm afraid that's kind of the route that it's going because you do have some YouTubers that are, just training for two months. Yeah, Because, yeah, yeah. like, KSI and Jake, don't get it twisted. They are training. Yeah. And, like, they are dedicating themselves to being a boxer. And yeah. a lot of the YouTubers are. Most of them are just kind of entering a camp, doing mm. it for fun, yeah. which yeah. is all yeah. fine. But it do- that doesn't help the case of what a Jake was doing, of what a KSI yeah. was doing, in my opinion. No hate on them. Yeah. Make your money however you want. Do whatever you got to do. I just don't want that to become oversaturated. Do you not think like where, you know, it's okay. Netflix, Amazon have got great content, right? But mainstream TV terrestrial is, is definitely on the decrease on the decline, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. For a number of reasons. Yeah. 
if every time I go to my YouTube homepage, there's so much interesting content on there, right? Yes. It's, I don't want to watch anything else now because it's just, the it's algorithm's so, so good. Yes. Yeah, and it, it knows what I want to watch and it's showing me. Now, intertwined with that content are personalities, right? Yes. You've got this YouTuber or this YouTuber. Soon I'm sure they won't be called YouTubers, right? Because it would be for whatever platform. But they're, they're personalities, whether it's trigonometry or Stephen Bartley, you were talking to him about last week. Or they're, they're personalities that people are going to start to like and younger people are going to start to feel an, a, a kinship with. 100%. Do you think there's a, a world where anyone who has a, a beef with another personality, they just say, right, let's go to this boxing promoter and let's sell some seats at the O2 and let's have a fight? Or do you think... That's not realistic because they're just not trained enough. I think that would be an interesting way to look at it to where instead of, I think the way that you would have to approach it, because I, li I do like the idea. Because again, here's where I look at it. I go, if, if there's a way to attract a new audience, if I'm a content producer mm. and I had the opportunity to piggyback off of someone that had his or her own following and now I could get my content in front of people that may have not watched it before, I would be stupid not to try, yeah. in my opinion. Same as podcasts. Same as podcasts. That's just kind of how it, that should work. So I wonder if maybe the route would go is, you know, if you have an, a, a, a stable – I'll give a perfect example. There's actually a perfect example. Now, he wants to be known as a boxer, not a YouTuber, but Vidal Riley fights for a boxer, right? Okay, and Vidal yeah. Riley's used to – is friends with KSI. He has his own media platform. He's got a huge presence on YouTube. He is a part of Boxer's promotion. Right. And he actually – will he'll co-stream his fights with Sky. He and Sky have a good relationship to where they'll actually allow him to have his fight be live on his own YouTube channel. Now, he's not a YouTuber that's boxing. He actually wants to be a boxer that happens to have a YouTube. So okay. it's not a perfect comparison. Right. But that does – that I think is, is kind of close to what, I, what we're talking about here of saying, all right, well, maybe on every card – you know, maybe we do have a personality that comes in and fights on the undercard. Yeah. I'd be fine with juicing the undercard with a YouTube celebrity to get yeah. some more interest in there. Do you remember Elon Musk said he wanted to fight Putin? I don't <laughs> well, that would, be, that would be the biggest fight. Uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, so it's just crazy. like, imagine he. If Putin's that fight happens, let me announce it. Yeah. That's all I'm <laughs> I, yeah. I, think, I think what you said is it's, it kind of happened, but I, I, I think you're speaking like. It, as in it, it happens urgently. It kind of happened with Logan Paul and KSI. You know, yeah. they were YouTubers. Yeah. Someone said something, or someone said something in an interview, and Joe uh, Weller, like what someone said, said something about them on YouTube, and that's yeah. how it progressed. Mm -hmm. But I think now there's like there could be an urgency of someone just having a following going boom. But I'm just saying, like in ten yeah. or twenty years, everyone like you know yeah. what was the in 81 percent of young people were on YouTube on every day. Yeah, it's a huge percentage, right? So you're just thinking we were talking about young people. It just makes sense to me that as the social as the YouTube's actually not a social media platform, but as streaming service pr and, and personalities get bigger and bigger, just think 10 or 15 years from now, surely that's what people are going to want to watch yeah. because it, it's about selling tickets on seats. Might, like right? might be a couple of years. I mean, I think it's it, going, it might quicker. be a few years. Yeah. Might, I just think, yeah. well, we've sort of been happening for a few years and it's kind of slow. Like <laughs> I didn't even hear that KSI had a fight a few days ago. I don't know if you know, he had another fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even hear about it yeah. built up anywhere. And I think I follow him. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, KSI's fighting tonight. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if everybody's pushing for this person's arguing with this person, whether they're rappers or singers, there's such a huge number of people then that would get into the sport. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It would open yeah. up the floodgates to everybody. And there's a huge amount of money that well, you can make from I think you just, you kind of summed up my whole standpoint of, on why I treat my career the way I do and why I've kind of built it how I built it. 
and I've mentioned this before, but when you talk to most fight promoters, regardless of sport, and you ask them who your competition is, they always list off the other promotions. I disagree. Hmm. I think that your competition for your show is any other form of content that could be consumed instead of your show. Yeah. yeah. So your competition, if, we, if we're boxer, if we're Sky Sports, and we have a show on a Saturday night, our competition isn't just Matchroom or Top yeah. Rank or anything like that. It's also YouTube. It's TikTok. Yeah. It's Netflix. It's them going to a concert. A fight. I think you might have meant a fight. There was a fight. I think it was one of Eddie Eddie Hearn's card, and there was a, there was England playing the football at the same time. And right. They were like well, we're going to stream the football during the f like it was just yeah. before the fight. So it's it's everything. You're right. Exactly. It's not just other promote boxing and promoters. For that reason, you have to have your show be engaging. You yeah. can't have your show be dry, or yeah. you're going to bleed viewers. Yeah. That's then that's how I approach this whole thing. Is I agree. Right now, it's tough to keep people's attention. Mm. It's, it's harder yeah. than it has ever been in human history. It's yeah. only going to get worse. Yeah. There's TikTok. There's yeah. YouTube. There's Netflix. There's eight different streaming services and 20 different cable packages and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So now the question becomes, okay, well, what can we do with our show, with our content yeah. to engage the audience and to keep mm. them on? Yeah. And the ring announcer plays a part in that. Yeah. So you're part, yeah. damn right I'm going to be as it's, engaging it's, it's as I It's one of the can. biggest, I think it's one of the biggest <laughs> things why you go to, like I said, I remember going to Tyson Fury's last fight and it was one of the biggest things. I mean, it was, it was, it was annoying turning up and all these people and all this kind of stuff. It, it was that side. But I, but when I was there, it was like, right, this is the reason why it's better than on TV and it's at the live events. The, I agree. The music, the ring announce, the show and everything. I want to, um, my, my opinion on what you said a minute ago about, and you talked about the separation between YouTube boxing. I think, um, my kind of, I agree with, with what you both said and, and to kind of summarize that point, I think it's good to keep it almost separated in a mm -hmm. weird way. And KSI is kind of doing that mm -hmm. and Jake Paul's kind of not. Yeah. KSI is creating this misfits, you know, section where a lot of the guys on there are new boxers or YouTubers and stuff like that. Jake Paul's trying to fight elite boxers. Right. I think it's good to keep it separate because it almost creates a different area of the, the 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 genre of the sport so you've got like you know elite boxing the same as like you've got elite football and and you know championship football and all this kind of stuff and the same with the wwe so i think it's good to keep it separate because i think the problem that we'll face is as soon as let's say one of ksi's guys or ksi for example or even jake paul goes in with a real boxer tomorrow and gets badly hurt yeah they're not going to want to do it it'll put off a lot of YouTubers. Yeah. Like, let's say he gets really, and it's, and it's very possible. Like I think KSI and Jake Paul are good, mm -hmm. but you put him in with any like pro boxer who's four and oh, yeah. you know, I just don't see, you and know, that's it, why it, so it's dangerous. And if one of them gets really hurt, all these other guys are not going to be still lining up going, yeah, get me in a ring with a real boxer. They're going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Let's, let's keep to our own exactly. YouTube, you know, YouTube section. That's yes. my only reservation of my only change recently right and that's and that's and, and, and i agree with you. you they do have to be separate because like i said jake is the, these guys that are doing the youtube and the misfits from what i gather and again I, I don't work for them or anything like that so maybe i'm wrong but they're not they're not full-time boxers they're not training to be mm. a world champion they're training for their fight they do it Maybe they chill for a while. Maybe they try to do another one. But it's not the same thing. That's why I was kind of disappointed when Jake and Hasin Rockman didn't fight. Yeah. Because I actually thought Jake was in a win-win position. Because I thought Jake could go in there and he wins and he keeps the streak alive, keeps the buzz going. He's still undefeated, all that stuff. And he just beat a, he just beat a real boxer. 
if he lost and kept going, then I think that would allow him to even more solidify the fact, no, I am trying to be a real boxer. Yeah. Yeah. I faced yeah. a real boxer. I lost. I'm back in the gym. I want another fight. I think that would have helped his case more. So I thought he was in a win-win. I was yeah. kind of surprised. When He's he, the only one that would do that as well, I think. I he would, he would If he lost, he would keep going. I agree. Yeah. And I think, and I do think it's going gonna, it's gonna to build, in my opinion, to, to Jake and KSI fighting. It's going to be a huge fight. Um, I think Jake wins, yeah. uh, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, but, it, but if that's the big fight that happens, then in my opinion, that doesn't, again, that doesn't help Jake. Like Jake, if Jake wants to be this boxer and he wants to fight these guys, then mm. you gotta go fight him. Like yeah. you have to go fight him. Yeah, you know. I think there's so much money to be made. Oh, in, in I mean a, that's that's a whole different yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to go on that, what you said before about like the, the the sort of end game. I mean, there's something really cool about you know Saturday night TV, right? Yeah. And there's all. You're, I think you might be too young, but in the UK there was this thing called TFI Friday. Do you remember it? Yeah. With uh, Chris Evans. And you would stay in on a Friday night just to watch this. It was yeah. hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, some of it you wouldn't get away with now because the, the, <laughs> um, the Saturday night TV show talk hosts are very PC. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're very. And there's this thing that Jimmy Fallon does. And in America, I don't know if they realize it, but in the UK, and it must be something to do with how you find comedy. Every, he laughs at everything when it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Have you know, do you notice? Yeah. Do Americans notice he's that as well? Keep, he's got to keep the laugh. He's, he can't. He can't have there be a lull, in my opinion. But it sounds so false. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like. Oh, I've not noticed that. Is that? Have you not? Have you really not noticed? It's like a. They they <sighs> say if you watch Friends right. and remove the the laughter, you know, because they had they fake right, the audience yeah. laughing. It's just a completely it's different, different show. <laughs> well, that's why a laugh track exists. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wanna, that's interesting. You want to help lead. You want to guide the audience a little bit, in my yeah. opinion, to to get the reaction that you want. But that. So I love entertainment. Like I. Whether it's fighting, whether it's movies, whether it's TV shows, whether it's talk shows, podcasts, I love entertainment. Yeah. Because I believe entertainment plays such a huge role in society. Yeah, 100%. I think we have so much bullshit in our lives that we have to deal with and think about and all these problems. Yeah. I love that It's the biggest escape for anyone. It's like, the, yeah. It's, it's a huge escape. And that's why, <clears throat> excuse me, that's why it's disappointing that now entertainment it's not just entertainment anymore. There, there's always something with it, which I'm, I'm fine with. Messaging. What, like an agenda? An agenda, yeah, a, yeah. a certain message that needs yeah. to be conveyed. And I'm yeah. fine with that in, in times, but at some point, like, I miss just, can I just turn on something that's just horrendously stupid and, has no, and has no effect on anything that's going around in the yeah. world and I can yeah. just yeah. watch it and enjoy it? They have I such, miss that. Same. They have such, all of them. I've actually been through <coughs> the TV, the, talk, the other Jimmy. I've, been, I've looked at them and they all have huge agendas and they'll only push a certain thing. And the crazy thing is when somebody comes on, did you see when Bill Meyer came on? Uh, on to, he, Possibly. He, he basically came on and said something about this Wuhan, you know, and mm-hmm. said, look, there's a, there's a, yeah, I'll let you watch it because it's actually incredible, very intelligent, very well done. And the talk show host just tried to cut him off the whole way. Where's right. it? Is this on Jimmy Fallon? No. Where, it was, this? was it? No, I can't remember his name. It's not There's Jimmy. dozens of shows. There yeah, it's just, but, uh, but, but Big Mo's right. Mo's right. Like all of the talk show hosts in the US have a very specific agenda that they right, have to okay. follow. Yeah, you can okay. guess what it is, right? Yeah. So um, it's a very specific thing that they follow. And it's, it's, you're right, you just want to turn off. It's like when I used to watch Entourage, it's one of the only things, you My know. My favorite show in history. Yeah, <laughs> you just switch off. 
And there, yes. there's no agenda, and you yeah. can watch it. And there's a couple of other talk show hosts. There was TFI Friday, there was Chris Evans, um, and there was another guy. Do you remember there was a, a Scottish talk show host, and he used to have a mug, and he'd pick it up. Dr. Ferguson? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. He did the Late Late Show. Yeah. He was he funny. Did the, yeah. He yeah. was, he, they, they, you can watch YouTube clips of Ferguson yeah, flirting. Yes. And he would do it in a very, he was married. Full on, yeah. But he'd, he wouldn't, he'd do it in a pretty cool way, and the person that he was flirting with would be laughing and you know there was n it wasn't an uncomfortable thing. Yeah, it's a very good marriage of like you know two people flirting. And he was the last guy I would see that you'd put on, you'd stop doing. There was no agenda. He would just be really funny. And I think there's a huge need for that again. I agree. I, I I don't know. I I miss just being like I said. I miss being able to just throw something on and not having to sit there and go, okay, I wonder what I wonder what the underlying theme is here. And yeah. I, I'm all for movies that have that. I'm all for TV shows mm -hmm. that have that. Some yeah. of the best pieces of content I've ever watched had a message behind it or a yeah. meaning behind it. All I'm saying is, is I want there to be both. Yeah. And what I like about combat sports is when you get <laughs> there, you're not sitting there thinking about some underlying message. You're just watching two people fighting. Yeah. It's, it's barbaric. It is truly the, just the, one of the simplest sports really when you break it down and you're not sitting there going, Oh, there, there is no talking for, you yeah. know, for, after my job, there's pretty much no talking. So, I don't know. I think, and, and that's, I think all of them kind of, a lot of forms of entertainment can tie together in the yeah. same way. And I've if you were doing a Saturday night talk show, you'd have guests on. W would you have a specific, not an agenda, but what would you talk to the guests about? It's quite interesting because it's quite different to, you know, speaking out and, and presenting and talking to boxers to talking to, you know, comedians, actors. What, mm -hmm. what would you... Well, what's would difficult you? is that there, there obviously is a place to discuss current events because a big part of those types of talk shows is to get a guest that has some sort of celebrity component or a presence about them or a platform and getting their opinion on topics. So yeah. that's never going to go away, nor am I asking it to go away. Yeah. My only point is, is that... I want to have it be more fun. Yeah. I think I've watched some clips from talk shows where it's like, Jesus, this is kind of depressing what we're talking about. Can yeah. we get off of this topic? Yeah. Like, so I, I definitely would just want to keep it more upbeat, have them talk about their lives a little bit more, have them tell stories, things like that, opposed yeah. to I'm not, I, I don't always want their opinions on current events. If yeah. I wanted their opinions on current events, then go get them a guest spot on CNN yeah. or on NBC or the, one of whatever your news station I, is. I think Jimmy Fallon, I think, just got $80 million. I think he just got a contract track renewal for like $80 million, I think. Like, nice. do you think Good there's a, a way it can be done on a streaming on YouTube where it's a live Saturday night talk show? I actually have that exact idea. <laughs> No way. Yeah, I, I. Oh my god. I'm not gonna spill the details. Oh, I do, I do want to do it at one point, but I, I do think that there would be a place for that on the internet, on on a or that or a streaming service or something. I'm not. I don't believe that talk shows have to be relegated just to cable. James television. can set it up together. Okay. Yeah, I tried it once. I Did think you? it was a bit early. Yeah, I tried it. I, I just thought like TFI Friday was. I, I, like I say, it was so many good memories watching that show. Mm -hmm. It was really funny. Like, I remember the first ever episode, like Chris Evans was just, it was at Riverside Studios in Bethnal Green in East London, and he was just sort of sitting there, and it zoomed in on him, and he was just staring. It was Pamela Anderson. When it zoomed out, he was talking to Pamela Anderson. And right. it, was just, it, was a, it was an innocent flirting that yeah. you, because everything's so PC now. This is yeah. not the show you where the Australian, like, famous rock guy ended up get, flirting with a woman and ended up like... Yes, they're both dead now. Yeah. It was called Come In Bed with, uh, it was NXS. Yeah. It was the singer of NXS. 
and the lady was called... She the, was the presenter. The blonde lady. Yeah. And it was a segment that they did on TFI Friday that was called In Bed With. Mm. And they'd get a guest in bed. You, and should, you should watch this, Mo. It's, 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 <laughs> and it's very weird. Yeah. Send lead. me a link. I'm, that's yeah. Yeah. so funny. The and they're full on flirting. Full on flirting and they end up getting married. Oh, and wow. Something yeah. actually, I shouldn't... Oh, I've got to say the ending. I think, I think he killed himself and then... She, she did, did yeah. or she died. I think they both died of drug overdose. I think a couple. Oh, probably right. got that so <laughs> Yeah, anyway, good had, a bad, had a bad. Oh, that's a, that's a bad ending. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, <laughs> but it was an incredible show. So I'd love to hear if you yeah. get into that. That'd do you understand? I mean, being American, do you and do you like? Do you? I don't want to say understand because that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit patronising. Yeah, it's patronising. <laughs> okay, I'll say what from my, from my point of view. Just J- J- James will probably ag- hopefully agree if you can help me out. Um, you know, we are, we feel like the British and American sense of humour is very different. I would agree, and, yeah, and I love British. I for, for, for for different reasons. Yeah, some of our stuff is really dry that we feel like Americans don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love American comedy as well. Sometimes some of it's really like perfect. Bill Burr is a great example. Like, yeah, you know, brilliant. And then you put like Jimmy Carr Jimmy in, 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 in a, yeah, yep. but you put him to an American audience. Some of them don't understand it. Yeah. Do you? I suppose. Do you agree with that? And also, do you do you acknowledge that going into what you do? Because obviously, you know, if you come out as a ring announcer, you're American, and you've got you've been brought up in a very different way and a different sense of humor, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. British people, you know, they love to go and get absolutely hammered and go crazy and throw shit and go mm-hmm. mental and you know there's, diff- there's a, just a different sensibility between so the comedy side I think I think kind of what you just said was was my biggest focus when I got this job is I was like alright well what's the what's the common denominator what can I play to that's just the base level and what I noticed about British fans was the energy and the environment right right you watch darts how is that like, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, guys, for a second. Like, how do y'all watch that? Yeah. <laughs> and it is the craziest environment I've ever seen in yeah. my whole life. Yeah, because really, it's so boring to watch it's, in a way. But apparently, going to a dart show is like the most. Yeah, because you're in a pub when everyone's just but that, smashing but that beer. Proves the point. I don't Anything's understand. Fun. I don't understand the content. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever get it. I have yeah. no interest in watching darts. But the common denominator is the energy. I'm like, I can. I can associate with that though. Yeah. So whatever yeah. your level of association is, is kind of what you have to play off of. Yeah. Regard. I remember so when I got the job, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, British people love American accents." They said it makes yeah. it, it yeah. makes it feel more international. Blew my mind. Yeah. I didn't know that. I never. I would never think of an a- of my own accent being international. You would never think of your own accent being international. Yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, that's." I didn't expect that. I figured they'd want to hear a British announcer. So again, it's it's finding whatever that kind of common ground is and just playing off of that. So for me with British fans, it's, it's drinking and having a good time. That's yeah. why part of my main event announcement is raise your drinks high, get wild, all that type of stuff. It's yeah. playing to that. Get wild is your, is your saying, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, one of them. Yeah, I have That's a couple different That's great. Ones. What a great saying, get yeah. wild. Like, I, I, I was thinking the other day, just re- re- randomly words, you know, just the word party, mm-hmm. just that word, let's party, you and me, let's go party. Whatever, no yeah. matter what scenario, in what country you put those words in, it's the most enticing word you can hear. And it's like yeah. wild. Like, let's get wild. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, the, it's the opposite of what's going on in the world at the moment where everything seems to be kind of controlled. Yep. Just to get wild. I, yeah. I love it. I think yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I, want, I want fans to have a good time at these shows. Mm. Like, my, I get a sense of euphoria 
and, and I love watching people have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like that's my thing. Right. It's, whenever I'm with my friends, I'm making sure they're having a good time. When I'm announcing fights, I'm making sure the crowd is having a good time. I talk to the crowd during shows and I always go up to them and I always ask them the same question. Are you having a good time? Yes, yes, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. That I'm playing my role in this. I want people to have a damn good yeah. time. People yeah. don't people don't want to have good times anymore, it feels like. It's it's like, like no, people don't want to go out or there's so much animosity. I'm like Yeah, what is all this about? Why I don't is this know. happening? I, I have no idea, but I love just like, all your best memories. Yeah. I'm assuming are a good time. They are. Right. Yeah. 100%. Everyone's the same way with that. 100%. It's great you're doing those two things as well. Like you're, you're asking the crowd and stuff, and even what you touched about earlier about training your voice, you know, they're just things that other people are not, are not doing. And I like the fact that you're, you're adding the kind of human, you know, aspect to it in terms of connecting with the crowd. And then also like a, almost a scientific aspect of your, your voice and training. But yes, yeah, it's, I th- it's I good. Th- the, the, the get well to party thing, I think, yeah. like the, I think that's the key of the moment. And I'm feeling it at the moment that people aren't wanting to do that. And yeah. you can go to certain segments. I don't know if you've ever been out in Soho in London. Yes, I love Soho. Yeah, you just go out. People on the streets, <laughs> everyone's laughing, dancing. You know, there, there are still these sort of like... There are, yes. There, there are st- still places where comedy stores, certain parts, other parts of London where you can go and everybody's up for having fun. Yes. And hopefully you're going to bring that back. And I think with... I would love to see you like Mo 2.0 doing this talk show because the good thing about a talk show is it's a live audience, right? Yep. So you're going to be bringing all the audience up. Yeah. So if you ever need any help with that, let me know. I would love to. No, I'd love to. I, I, <laughs> uh, I'm definitely fortunate to do the job that I do. And it's, it's crazy how this all came about. Yeah. Because my whole thing is I always wanted to work in entertainment. And I thought for the longest time I was going to be a – an agent or a manager because I got my master's in business. I've always had a good business okay. mind. Mm. So I was like, all right, well, I'll work in entertainment and I'll be able to just do the business side of was it. Was that in Denver you got the master's? Uh, no, uh, Greeley, Northern Colorado. Okay. Colorado. But um, I was like, all right, well, but then I, I'll never forget, you know, I met a guy who said, you know, he was talking to one of my friends who didn't want to pursue entertainment. He just didn't think it was right for him or, you know, his m- parents were going to judge him or whatever. And the guy goes, well, someone's got to do it. Mm. Yeah. And then that completely shifted my whole mindset of going, you know what? I, I was a great public speaker at the time. Objectively, I was a very, very strong public speaker. And I was hosting shows and hosting events. And then one of my friends said, hey, have you ever tried commentary? Play by play. That's a common transition after you're done playing the sport. I was tired of football and basketball. I liked combat sports. Connected with a local show. Went from commentator to be the ring announcer. And so my whole plan was just this was kind of my entryway in entertainment. Mm-hmm. I could have gone the traditional route of move to LA, sleep on couches, you know, wait tables on the side, waiting for my, for my big break, or I can go somewhere where I actually think I'm a pretty good fit for the job, build it up there, generate enough buzz there, and maybe that opens up other opportunities. And it has. I've gotten yeah. to be on TV shows. I've gotten to host other types of events. I've gotten to get into the fashion industry and all that types of things. It's been a ripple effect. But it's because I've never... I've never just looked at it just being a ring announcer. I've never just looked mm. at it as being one thing. I've tried to tie as many different things yeah, together. Yeah, you're Brandon, eh? Exactly yeah. correct. Would you, would you move here? Because you, you spend a lot of time here. I'm open to it. Okay. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know. For the most part, it, I, I love living in America, and I do have things that I do in America. I love it here. Yeah. 
I have no problem traveling, you know. Because every time we've been messaging, it's like, God, you're back again. It's like, yeah. you're like, I'm going to America, but I'm back in two weeks. I'm like, man, the jet lag itself. Must yeah, be I mean, I don't, crazy. Have a, I don't have a body clock anymore. Uh, the body clock is over. Going, yeah, even yeah. like making up, make, even, you know, <laughs> time traveling, essentially. Yeah, but, <laughs> but when you get to do the job that I do, yeah. and I get to, in a few days, be in front of 20,000 people at, at Manchester. It's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. wakes you up. Damn. And the, experience, the, like, the biosynchronous clock is 48 hours anyway. Well, you know, it's not 24, it's 48 right. hours. So the natural human biosynchronous clock would be to sleep for 16 hours and be awake for 32. That's, oh, wow. that's our natural okay. autonomy. So just... All right, I'm way I'll, off on that. Huh? <laughs> I'm, way <laughs> off. I'm not even close to 16 hours. <laughs> I want to ask a couple of questions about yeah, the, the fights that you've actually um, comment, commentated. So we, we had Eddie Hall on, who's yes. fucking amazing. Love Eddie. Yeah, amazing dude, man. Um, and so you... you commentate his fight with Thor how, yep. how was that that was <laughs> one of a kind experience <laughs> it sounded like a shit it sounded like a shit show in terms of it was it was a shit shit show for reasons that really weren't even the promotion in and of a sense because again I work with the promoter yeah, that's, yeah that's who I work with and even then I'm very independent in what I do and the fight had been pushed off and location changes and COVID and all that stuff and then it finally happens and I get the job. I'm fortunate to go out there. And, you know, it blows up all over social media. Eddie and Thor get into it in a press conference, which was all real, by the way. Like, the, the, the rivalry between Eddie oh, yeah. and Thor is 100% yeah. legit. Like, yeah. people were like, oh, it's scripted. They're trying to sell the It was fight. very real. Very yeah. real. I got there early to the press conference, and it was actually – it was me, the promoter, Eddie's son, and Eddie – and Ed, you could tell Eddie didn't want to even look at Thor. He didn't want Thor to, like, he, yeah. it was very real. He really wanted to fight him on yeah. the street, yeah. And that blew up, and I thought that fight was really fun. I had a great mm. time. I, I loved that fight. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Eddie and Thor box again, whether it's the, each other or someone else. Um, fight did well. That's actually where Boxer and Sky first saw me. Right. I actually, my first ever message with Boxer was while I was in Dubai. They oh, reached wow. out. And uh, took a couple, took a couple, took a couple months to, to kind of manifest. But how, very quickly, how did that happen? Was it just a, you dropping them a message, or what? How did no, it? so they messaged me. Okay. I think um, just kind of a, a general feeler message. Um, then a few months passed, and you know they said they wanted to bring me out for a test, a test run in Bournemouth because they didn't know how I was going to do or how I was going to go and stuff right. like that. And interesting. You know, place. made me take the sunglasses <laughs> off, and you know, off and away we were. So. Man, you got to take that in for a moment. We'll, we'll carry on what James was talking about. What's your best, um, f- uh, you know, announcement? But you're you're 27, yep. and you're announcing on Sky. I mean, Sky Sports here is the big, you know, it's the biggest thing. Yeah. Not just boxing, you know, football, golf, yeah. everything. Like you, that's that's like you know, well done, man. That's Thank a really you. really no, good I, achievement. I appreciate like, that. Thank you're you. You're young and you're announcing like on Sky Sports. I've that's always enjoyed. I've always thing. enjoyed being young. You know, I was, uh, I, alongside my best friend Keenan in the States, we were the first and the youngest MBAs in the history of my school. I was always young. You know, I was raised by a single father and I went with him everywhere he did. And I, I would sit in, you know, board meetings that he would do and, you know, HOA meetings he would go to. And I was always the youngest and I just always did well kind of just always being young. I never, I've I never strived was, off that. Whenever yeah. I've got into a meeting where someone's like, oh, you're too young. It's like, well, that, that's I love exactly that. why you should yeah. be and so when in I, me or something. Yeah. You know, when I saw, so when I started announcing, um, 
you know, I, I, I charted everything out. I built an entire database of ring announcers so I could get a glimpse of the industry because there was no information on it. There's no, you can't Google how to be a ring announcer. There's no textbook. Hmm. You kind of just got to figure it out and build your own brand and see if it's, you know, see if any shit sticks, right? So I built this entire database. And I was mapping everything out and I was able to see who they announced for. And, and then I was like trying to find glaring holes. And I was like, all right, where can I fit into these holes to quickly build a brand because i started out and i said you know what if i'm going to do this i'm going to do it if i'm going to do this i'm going to be the next guy i'm going to do it how i want to do it i don't want to wait for opportunities i'm ready to go now i'm comfortable doing what i'm doing now let's roll and the biggest discrepancy i saw was age Hmm. the average ring announcer is around 55 years old yeah i started when i was 23 i announced shields marshall when i was 26 still and you know and I was perfectly the biggest calm. female we fight. Went to that. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. Biggest female and fight ever. Like, I yeah. felt totally comfortable, and and I can tell you by far that the, the reason why I was so comfortable with it one was I was obviously confident in my abilities, but affirmation and visualization is a huge part of it. Mm. When I was announcing shows on the local side at a bar in front of 150 people, I never imagined that I was there. I imagined that I was in Madison Square Garden, that I was on this bigger stage and I would announce it like it. And I had promoters that told me to stop. Mm-hmm. I had promoters that go, Hey, you're way over the top. I don't know where you, where you, what you think this is, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I'm going to do this how I want to do it. So mm-hmm. take it or leave it. So Very just, a, you know, a little bit of personal thing on that then where, where did that come from? Like you just mentioned that you were raised by a single father. Mm-hmm. Where did, cause I'm looking at it going, right. You, you've, You've analyzed the business. You've you know, analytic, analytically gone, okay, what's this ring announcer doing? You know, yeah. Scientifically, in terms of the way you've learned how to develop yourself, mm-hmm. still young. You know, mm-hmm. If you said, all right, I'm, I'm 35, or, I would say, okay, you've, you've lived right. a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Where, where, I've got to sort of ask, is, is there something that comes from your childhood or the way you, that you were raised with your dad or something that gets you to that moment where you wanted it and, and you knew how to kind of, get it in terms of like looking at it, right i'm going to look at the ring announcers the scientific side the- that is a really great question um i have a mentor uh who gave me a quote once and i don't know if he made it up himself or if he stole it but you got to figure out how to make how to apply your past to your future and i grew okay. up very academic my dad raised me insanely academic i was a much better student than i was an athlete i just happened to be a big guy and so i had a decent athletic career I was a way better student and I enjoyed school more. I was always a thinker and analytical and I love math and stuff like that. So I was able to apply that concept to kind of building everything. I've taken the same approach, right? With the entertainment, I actually don't know where that came from. Mm. Um, I think I grew up pretty socially awkward, to be honest. I, I was very behind the ball socially. And so I wonder if subconsciously, you know, my willingness to do entertainment stemmed from the fact that I was never afraid to be who I was, or maybe I was afraid to be who I was at a young age, and then maybe that just kind of exploded once I figured out yeah. how to be extroverted and figured it all out. We can relate that with the acting because I think it, you go two ways, right? If you're if you're if you're if you're socially awkward when you're younger, you either stay that way, right. or you or you go the complete opposite. Yeah, and it's the same with the acting. You either you you know if you're if you're shy. I mean, I consider myself quite shy. No one will ever say I'm shy, but when, when you're exactly, so you laugh at that. But if you're shy, you know, Robert De Niro is famously like so shy. Right. You, you don't see Robert De Niro doing many interviews. He hates doing interviews. Yeah. He's, he's naturally a shy person, but 
he's one of the best actors in the world and being yes. standing yeah. in front of the camera. And it sounds like you you tapped into that where you went, right, I'm not going to, you know, I think so. I'm not going to just keep being socially, you know, awkward. I'm going to change it and put it into And what I've noticed too is the amount of how extroverted I am has kind of decreased over time as right. I've done this job because this job is so, <laughs> so extroverted. Yeah. It's this, you know, it's this, this big deal. And so now I'm almost like, more introverted like I loved I loved going out and always kind of being the life of the party in college and things like that but now as I've kind of gotten older I'm like eh, I kind of just keep to myself a little bit because for a couple days out of the month I have to just be on it I yeah. have to just be this personality and be this type of thing. you're exploding so in that moment yeah and then it's you're almost yeah. it's, the, the psychology behind it all is pretty interesting you're kind of challenging your fear. If you were sort of slightly socially awkward when you were younger, that's it. I mean, the last thing that you would do, right, is, and I'm, <laughs> I'm a big proponent of that. Like, if I'm not that great at something, I go deep into it, and I think that's the best way to, to, to sort of challenge your fears. Yeah, I think I figure out who you are and, you know, figure out ways to, to leverage what you want to do and tie your personality into it. And But how does that link? You said, like, your mentor said something about, you know, use your past, but your past is very academic. Yeah, and in my opinion, sorry, entertainers, entertainment—it's not, it's not right. No. So, so you've gone a completely different route, really. Yeah. But does, do you mean by saying that later on in life you'll come back to the academic stuff or no? Well, no, I, I, I apply the academic. I applied it in what I do from a research standpoint. Okay, you know, a big, a big thing of what I did as a ring announcer to build what I was doing was figuring out what everyone else was doing. Mm. Right. So the amount of primary, okay. res, primary research is what's called when you conduct the research yourself. Yeah. The primary research is what helped get me there. Yeah. I, I was able to just dive in and I had to go through magazine articles and old tapes and interviews yeah. and figure out and put it all together and figure out and go, all right, here's the entire landscape yeah. of ring announcers, right? Because it is small enough to where one person can do that amount of research. Yeah. And I was able to go, all right, I like this. I like uh, this component. Okay, maybe this is lacking. Maybe I can twist that a little bit. Yeah. And I was able to kind of build an entire game plan on how to do that. Yeah. That's how I was able to a plan, uh, you know, kind of approach the academic side of it, if that yeah. makes sense. That makes complete sense. Well, mate, I think you're an incredible uh, example of someone who sets their mind to something, analyzes it, sticks to it, makes that their number one thing, and makes a huge success of it. That's life. Yeah, at least in my opinion, that's what life. Well, is. you're a good example of that, mate. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people, if I can prove anything to anyone, is no matter how crazy your your goal or dream is, and I'm still figuring it out. The worst you can do is try, and it doesn't Just work. Run with it. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I. I I'll never forget, like someone, like a lot of my professors, you know, because I, I do some entrepreneur stuff. I, you know, I help start a company in America and things like that. And I approach this entertainment career. I had a lot of professors that go, "Why are you doing that? It's such a gamble." I'm like, "My whole life's a gamble. I work mm -hmm. in startup business, and I announce fights for a damn living. Like, welcome. I'm glad. <laughs> you, I'm glad we've crossed that threshold. That what yeah. I do is a little bit out there, but yeah. I love it. And I think that's how you build a unique life for yourself. And I want to live a unique life." I don't want to be average. I don't want to just have a cookie cutter lifestyle. I want to do unique stuff. I yeah. want to see the world. I want to meet unique people that I previously would have had no connection with, like you two gentlemen, and uh, just live life. That's great. That's, That's so great. What do you love about the UK? A couple of what's like some of your. I kind of want to ask what you hate about the UK, but maybe you shouldn't say that. But what, <laughs> what what's some of the things which which I suppose you like about the UK? Probably very different from America. 
which you're just like, oh, that's that, that's that's what I love. I mean, I I think the people are a lot of fun. I think uh, I think British people enjoy having a good time. I think there's a lot of camaraderie. I right. think that uh, connection to to sports and entertainment is huge here, which is obviously what I enjoy. I think that the hospitality here is really strong. I don't think anyone. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's always bad apples in every hmm. group of people, but from the people that I've met with, they've been very welcoming to me, even though they didn't have to be. You know, I, I'm the foreigner in a lot of respects, and I get treated with respect here and things like that, and I appreciate it. And uh, I don't know, it's 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 just good vibes here, yeah. I guess, for lack of a better word. He'd enjoy it. We'll have to take him out then, Soho. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. James loves Soho as well. Yeah. Soho Gotta meet me a nice British girl or something. Yeah. <laughs> Are you single? Yes. Yeah. yeah. British girl. Uh, let's go out. <laughs> <laughs> you won't right, be single lovely. in about five hours. <laughs> um, so just, I think, end it. We, we can end it on um, just, so you're announcing Chris Eubank. Chris Eubank Jr., Liam Smith. <sighs> That's this Saturday, January 21st. Yeah. AO Arena Manchester, pay-per-view, Sky Sports uh, Showcase. Can we ask Chess what you think in terms office. of who, who's going to win? I think this is a true 50-50 fight. Really? I okay. really do. Yeah. I think that... I think most people would agree that Eubank Smith, from a physical standpoint, is probably edges it. Probably edges it. Athlete strength, power. I think in terms of being a technical boxer, Liam Smith edges it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is a fan- if you want a fifty-fifty fight for all you guys that may complain about one-sided fights or yeah. feeding someone to the to the to the up-and-coming contender, this is a fifty-fifty fight. Right. And I think that Liam Smith, this is the best prep. I think he's done. I was able to meet Liam early on in my career and announce one of his fights. Great dude, by the way. Mm. Love Liam. I've met Chris. Nice guy. Just haven't had as much interaction with him. Uh, but I think Liam Smith is ready. I think he wants to be back, you know, competing for titles again. You know, he lost to Canelo, but it's, yeah, Canelo, it's Canelo. You know, and I think Liam Smith wants to be back on that stage, wants to put more uh, gold around his waist. And Chris is obviously in the same boat. So when you have that, it's – it's going to be a crack. Final crack question, game. which yeah. I, I don't think anyone's asked you. Yeah. I'm going to be confident and say that. Would you, um, would you have a fight? Have a box? I've thought about it. <laughs> um, I've thought about it. I, I had some injuries playing football. And, okay. You know, timing. I don't exactly have a whole lot of time right now, but who knows? Oh, maybe stupidly young. Maybe, uh, maybe I can be a bridge between the, the YouTube boxing and the real boxing because I'm neither. Uh, you know, and I can have just some fun with it. I so. can kind of see it happening. You remember that Mike Tyson moment? Was it Mike Tyson? It was Mike Tyson and, and Floyd Mayweather where the ring announcer was talking to him and then they had a massive argument. He said, I, I would kick your ass 50 years ago. I can, I can kind of vision something happening where, like we are talking about the, the TV show or something, someone says something to you, you break out of character and then you Take know, off the suit. Yeah, take off yeah, a yeah. suit <laughs> and you're massive like people see you and you can box and everything. Yeah. Oh man, that's it. I mean, that's, thank that's you guys. great. I really appreciate you guys having oh, me Thank on. you so much. Oh, thanks very great. much, man. Really great to yeah. talk to you, mate. Thanks a lot. Big Mo. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys.